and your existence is never understanding why. to everybody except for Shaq's hairline. <laughs> Yesterday was Super Tuesday and uh, I don't really know what that means. We're voting to for pre-votes to see people who's going to run, I guess, officially, but you could do that before and some people that you may have voted for before dropped out of the race and so now your vote goes to what? If you know me, you know I don't really uh, know anything about politics. And half of that, no, I'll go ahead and say 80% of that is my fault because I don't choose to inform myself. There's just too much information out there and I don't get it and I don't know. I just feel like it's all lies. I feel like they just tell you things and there's no follow-up and uh, they'll tell you A, B, and C to get elected and they do D, E, and F. And we're like, all right then. And, um, you know, I know voting for your president is important, but it's also important to vote for everybody underneath as well, right? Like your local officials, because they make decisions for you. And you can have the popular vote, but not get, but not win. And it doesn't make any sense to me. And I refuse to participate in a system that is just blatantly bullshitting you. And I'm... I'm, if you want to vote, that's great. I think it's great. I'll have conversations with you about it. I'll ask questions more than to have a conversation back because there's so much I don't know and there's so much I don't get. Um, but I just saw everybody with their I voted stickers. The last person I voted for was Hillary the first time. Was there more than one? No, just whatever the Trump and Hillary election was. I did vote for her. And then I think I guessed... And being an uninformed voter is just terrible. Just you might as well not because you could be doing more damage, I guess. I really think there's this is where my conspiracy theories run deep. And I just think it's already planned. People already know what's going to happen and they just include you. So you feel good about it and you go about your life quietly for the most part. Maybe you feel some strong outrage on Twitter, you know, but like in three days you let things go and you move on because... I don't know, the, the plumbing in your house needs attention more than anything else. <laughs> so that's my perspective on voting. But if you got your voting sticker, I'm proud of you. And I would love to, I try. I do try to, you know, ask questions of people who I feel make generally good decisions in their life, just to help me understand a little bit. But whew, the whole government process, I just don't understand it whatsoever. It is. And people participate in it so actively, and I just don't know that it matters. Anyway, hope you're having a good start to your week. Uh, yesterday in Lynchburg, Virginia, a news crew took a an umbrella to a woman whose house burnt down and whose sister died. Here's the story. Somebody's about to get an ABC 13 umbrella who's been going through a tough time recently. So... We're going to go meet Mary. The fire broke out at Mary's home on Mill Road in Clover Monday night and destroyed almost everything she held dear. Well, see my home burning up and then 
And late at night, my sister passed away on her way to my house. Her daughter reached out to ABC 13 about her extraordinary loss. And today, Chief Meteorologist George Flickinger set out to brighten up her day. We have an umbrella, and I've never actually signed one of these before. <laughs> uh, you have your own ABC 13 umbrella. Okay, thank you. To you, bringing you sunshine on a rainy day. And of course, people are reacting on social media like, why did you bring this woman an umbrella? I only saw that clip. If you only read the headline, you only watch that short video. It was like a minute long or whatever. Uh, maybe you're like, I have questions. Why is this the case? And I talked about it on air and a listener tweeted and said, the woman before her house burned down, she had an umbrella and it was like one of her most prized possessions. Um, which maybe it was, it maybe obviously had like sentimental value to her and that she really liked this meteorologist guy. She's, you know, so it's a nice gesture and you could look at it two ways. You could look at it like, Hey, they didn't do enough. They exploited the situation so that they could get a good, you know, a feel good deed. And look, we gave this woman an umbrella and people would applaud them. Or you could look at it as if, hey, um, this is a small, you know, Lynchburg. This has happened in Lynchburg, Virginia, small town. Maybe the station doesn't have money to give this woman a new home or to do all this stuff. And that maybe their coverage of her story gave her enough exposure that people in the community could step up and go, hey, you know, I have this, this, and this. And somebody else would go, and I can fix your porch for you or whatever happened. You know what I mean? But maybe that story, they said, this is what we're able to do. She's having a tough time. She loves this meteorologist. Her sister reached out. He'll go say hi, give her an umbrella because she lost one and it was one of her favorite things and help in that way. And then her story gets exposure and then people can, everybody can chip in. I do enjoy that people think, um, you know, I've worked at small stations in the past and it's there's budgetary restrictions obviously but radio when it's local is a small business in and of itself you know you want people to go out and shop local but that applies to the same that applies to radio as well you support local listen local and people are under the assumption and this is like a battle I feel like I always have that People hear the headline, people hear what they want to hear and they hear the headline and they don't want to have a conversation about it. I'm so open to conversations all the time, uncomfortable or not. You don't have to get mad just because I don't agree with you. And it's not illegal to be offended. You're allowed to be offended in life and not like something. And that it just is not for you. I'm allowed to think something's funny that you don't think is funny. Just like you're allowed to think something is cool or important or funny that I don't think is cool or important and funny. And a lot of times with, in my experience, you say one thing like, I'm never listening again. I'm like, okay. And then two months later, you say something else. I'm never, it's the same person. I'm never listening again. And I'm like, I thought I lost you the first time. What happened? Like, you can just call and explain why you don't like what I said. That's fine. I'm not here to convince you or to change your mind or make you think the way I think. I don't care if you do that. That's not what this is about. And so all of this shop local, support local goes for radio as well. And so maybe this TV station, this small TV station in Lynchburg, Virginia, doesn't have a lot of money and this is what they're able to do. Hey, we're able to make a, a small difference in this woman's life. Give her a smile because she's had a tough time and she loves this meteorologist. And hopefully some other people step in as well. Because it's real easy to be a keyboard warrior. It's real easy to have thoughts and opinions when you don't have to suffer the consequences. It's real easy to 
to be a, an, you know, what's it, an armchair quarterback. It's real easy to a Monday morning quarterback. Oh, this is what they should have done. Cool. Where were you in the beginning? So it's an interesting story. And I, you know, I was guilty of myself of just seeing that clip and going, what in the hell? Why would they just give this woman an umbrella? I can't imagine because it does seem right. Just a little bit like, hey, I'm sorry your house burnt down. Your sister died. But I signed this umbrella for you. Like if that was me, if she was uh, if, if this was a listener of our station who absolutely loved our station and her house burned down and her sister died, I wouldn't be like, do we have a pop socket we can give her? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't seem the the uh, gesture doesn't seem as large as it needs to be but hopefully some people in the community you know builders people who are able to donate things and you know if she I don't know how much of her house that she lost if it completely burned to the ground but you do see that and you're like oh this is cringy because he's so excited he's so excited to give her this umbrella and uh, at the very least I hope it gives him and his station some good publicity and I hope that everybody is willing to have a conversation with them like bro why is this the case? And then they can explain that. Meg the Stallion is suing her record label. She, um, not a record, her, her initial, it's 1501. The initial contract she signed when she was t- like 20, she said she, she had that with 1501. When she went to Rock Nation, they were like, this is in your contract. Were you aware of any of this? And she doesn't know because as she said, well, I'll let her explain it. I was young. I, I think I was like 20. And I know everything that was in that contract. So when I got with Rock Nation, I got management, real management. I got real lawyers. So I'm not mad at 1501. I wasn't upset because I'm thinking in my head, oh, well, everybody cool. We all family. It's cool. It's nice. <laughs> Soon as I said, I want to renegotiate my contract, everything went left. And that's the thing you learn after the fact like oh okay I should have asked for this this and this I've had you know in different stations that I've gone to I've had just employment agreements I've had contracts that I signed and you really they use legal terms which is so confusing to me when they start using like third person nouns I'm like who is this who is and you generally it feels like it's in their best interest that it's not gonna you know that Anybody who offers you a contract, it's usually their best interest. And it, for the most part, if it's things fall apart, like generally in radio, you have a non-compete. So, I, you know, you can't just go to the station next door, the competitor, um, and that you can't, you know, poach employees to take along with you, which is fine. Because usually when I leave a station, I don't want to take anybody. <laughs> so, like... She's finding out now and she goes to renegotiate. And also before, when you initially sign a contract, you know, she's from Houston, I'm pretty sure, that maybe you're, you're, you have seen some success in a small, you know, uh, in a small pond. Maybe you're a big fish in a small pond and nobody knows how it's going to play out. So once, you know, Meg the Stallion blows up and she's now touring, she has attention, she's, you know, capturing attention, she's maintaining it, she uh, has gone, you know, done viral trends, hot girl summer and all this stuff. Like now it's time for her to renegotiate and stick up for herself and say, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is off of my name and my life and, you know, my words and who I am that I want to renegotiate my contract. Well, They ended up suing her. So now it's a whole thing. 
And I'm wondering if Rock Nation will step in and, you know, help her with that, help her negotiate with that. But it's like at some point, it's like, who do you trust? You know, you're in this. You need to get like your own lawyer aside and have everybody, you know, look at everything because you have to assume that they're in it for them as well. Just the tip. Just the tip. Oh. But it's fine, right? I mean, nothing bad's ever happened from just the tip. I can feel your temperature rising. Just the tip. Just the tip. If you call Fabletics and tell them that you want to cancel, they'll add $10 to your account for you to reconsider. Just the tip. Just the tip. You know, I do that Just the Tip Tuesday thing on my Instagram. And if you have uh, missed any of my Just the Tip Tuesdays, because I kind of just started doing them on the podcast, I keep a highlight on my Instagram. You can follow me at amymcr of all my Just the Tip Tuesdays and shout out to Andrew Hutto because one of them, I think two of them actually, because I repeated by accident, is you keep the treadmill on if you're trying to run. So let's back it up a second. When I first started running, I Googled like how to learn to run. And I know it sounds stupid because I didn't mean form necessarily, but you, I want to make sure, uh, first of all, I was fat when I started and I'm chubby now. <laughs> So I still don't think I'm running correctly, (laughs) but I'm actually amazed to be honest, the amount of big people who can run like long distance. I don't know if they do it often. They can't do it often because running really leans you out. But sometimes I'll be running and I'm like, damn, you're really hauling ass for a big person. Um, And it's never to myself. I'm always like, God, you're really slow. I look like Shaq when I run. You remember like the later days of Shaq's career? He was always really behind and sometimes he just wouldn't run back because he's like, they're going to score and they're all just going to come back down here. I'll just stay on the side of the court. That's me when I run. I'm white shack. (laughs) So anyway, uh, I Googled how to run and if you're learning how to run, you um, and it's foreign to you, which it was to me. The uh, suggestion is that you like if you're on the treadmill, you run a minute and walk for four run a minute, walk for four, and then you slowly adjust that time um, so that you, you know, eventually you run for four minutes, walk for one, and, you know, eventually you'll just be running the whole time. But so I did it. I did that way. And then I also learned that because the treadmill moves for you, it's so much easier to run on the treadmill. And that if you're new to running and you're starting on the treadmill, that it's going to be a difference when you go to run on the road. Um, and then in order to help that, you can set your treadmill and it's to, I, I think it's to two. I set mine to 2.5, just a 2.5 incline. It helps mimic road conditions more so that when you transition from treadmill to road, that it doesn't feel like such a difference. And, uh, Andrew Hutto had hit me up on, on Facebook. He actually messaged me on Facebook and said that he used that tip he was training for a half marathon And he would do, I don't know if he did a mix of treadmill and road conditions, but he said he took off seven minutes of his time. You went, you know, from doing that, once he increased that, uh, once he increased the incline that he ended up finishing seven minutes faster when he was on the road, um, because it helps, it really does help. So if you want those, all my, just the tips, there's some good ones on there. You can find it on my Instagram, on my highlights at Amy MCR. And this is a debate that you can resolve for me. So I go to Target. 
to return something. And Target has the wide open return area. There's just the row of registers. Generally, only one is open at a time and like that wide open space. So there's no specific line like schematic, right? I go to return something. There's one register open and the person's at it. Like there's a customer being helped at it. A woman in front of me, me, and then an older woman who comes up behind me. A second register opens and the woman who was in front of me goes to that one. So I just move up a little bit. But I don't choose a line because when it's an open floor plan like that, you just go to whoever is the to whichever register opens up next. You hang back a few. Well, the older woman behind me goes, are you in line? I can't tell. I was like, yes, I'm in line. I'm waiting to see which register opens up first. And she refused to look at me. (laughs) Like She wanted me to pick a register. But that's not the line set up. And I don't want to pick the register that the person ends up taking longer because I'm next. I'm next. This is, I'm just waiting to see which one opens. It doesn't, you don't need to be close. Nobody's going to jump in line in front of you. There's just two of us here. I'm not standing here for my health. You're not standing here for your health. We're not just standing here to people watch and observe. There's no action at Target Returns. If I want to see action at a store, you go to Walmart, you know that. Or any dollar store. There's usually some pretty good action at a dollar store. But why did she feel the need to tell me how to stand? To fix how I need to stand? You came here second to me. You follow suit with me. It's not your way. We're not going to change because what you need to do now. That's not how it works. I was in line. If you wanted to, if you wanted to organize the lines, you should have got here first. And I didn't say any of this to her, obviously. But... I just want to know why people feel they need to say anything sometimes. I feel like people just talk at you to try to organize the world the way they want and say things that they feel like they need to say, but they don't really think it through. Because what was she hoping from that? To know if I was in line? Why else would I be there? Who else? Why else would I just be standing at the Target return with a Target bag in my hand? Like use some problem solving skills. Do some deductive deductive reasoning. Use some context clues. Ask yourself the question before you ask anybody else. Do I think this woman's here to return something? Let's see. She's standing here. She has a target bag in her hand. I would say yes. And then you just hang back. And then if the register opens and I don't move, you can say, are you in line? said you're not close you're too far back I can't tell which line you're in I'm in all the lines I'm in all the lines until the register I is open okay lady calm down (laughs) all right a few more things then we're going to wrap this up obviously Nashville was hit with a tornado yesterday um and it's I think it's up to 25 people have passed away you're seeing uh you know, just the devastation caused by this tornado. And it's crazy. I have uh, one friend who's there and he and his family are okay. he said, you know, they're still assessing damaging. They're still assessing the damage, but it's like a mess there right now. And they are in a state of emergency. Um, there's different ways to donate. If you were looking to donate, um, obviously if you're in the area and you want to donate your time for cleanup efforts, whatever it is, uh, you can visit Hands On Nashville. It's hon.org. And then you can also go to, if you want to donate money, there's the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee at cfmt.org. Um, so that's happening. And uh, 
I saw on the skim this email that I get, and it's like every time something happens, like this was the deadliest this. You know how on baseball they give you statistics, and it's like this is the first time a game's been played on a Tuesday with a full moon, and you're like, who keeps track of this? I feel like anytime something happens where people die, they're like, this is the deadliest this. And I don't know if it's, I'm assuming it's true, but every time something happens, you see it. I just, I'm like, okay, I just start to care less and less because it feels like every time anything happens, it's the deadliest, whatever it is. And so I just assume that anytime anything happens, it'll just be the deadliest. And it's no longer like a shocking headline to me. Um, but there are a few ways to donate. And I can't imagine, uh, you know, there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of country artists in Nashville. So it'll be interesting to see if they like what kind of cleanup and support efforts they do as well. Um, and then I saw this on LinkedIn and it was interesting. You know, they've had different cities do this, but the latest one, I guess, is uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. They started a program to get people to move there. Um, they paid people $10,000. Uh, it's Tulsa Remote. They offered workers $10,000, cheap housing, and remote working community in exchange for moving to city to help the digital workforce. So some people go there and they end up liking it and they plan to stay. Would you move to a city just because it paid you to go there? Like, hey, we got cheap housing. We'll give you a 10 grand incentive to move here and uh, we'll set you up with some like cool, you know, tech products, tech gear that you are able to work from home or to work from like these remote offices. Do you care where you live? What's more important to you? Like money that you're making or where you live? If it was an increase in your salary, you know, if it was 30% more, would you move just for the bigger salary? Or do you, is where you live more important? And because you hear this people, you know, books say, oh, I don't get paid enough for this. And I'm like, yeah, well, if you move, like I've had to move, this is my fifth job. <laughs> this is my fifth job in eight years because there are certain things I want and I'll move to get them. Uh, and, you know, that's that those are my career goals. So, I'm not so concerned about the place because ideally I'd like to be, you know, closer to the beach. And that's my long-term goal is to have a beach bungalow and a home studio where I syndicate my morning show from 5 to 9 a.m. It'll be called Morning Mafia. I bought the website. You can check out morningmafia.com. It'll just reroute you to amymcr.com. But currently it's not important. What I'm doing is more important than where I'm doing it. So for if radio is offering these options, which it's not, uh, that, you know, w- would you take it? You can always hit me up on Twitter and weigh in on anything. You can follow me on Twitter at the Amy MCR, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram at Amy MCR. Thank you for listening on a Wednesday and hope you have a great week. Cheers.